welcome to the Everybody Podcast. Here, we'll dive into all things health and mindset to help you learn to push past your limits into a life you can be obsessed with. My name is Cassie, and I'm a personal trainer and health coach focused on guiding you toward being your healthiest, happiest self. So buckle up and let's dive in. Okay, welcome back, everybody. Thanks for tuning in again this week. I have an interview this week, which is something I have not done in a long time. So I'm really excited about this. I'm here with Robbie Parent, and she is an occupational therapist. And the reason I'm bringing her on, um, there's a couple of reasons, but one is uh, we are friends on Facebook, and I saw her put up a post a couple of weeks ago. Um, kind of about how she had strayed away from working in healthcare and kind of going into her own business, her own practice. And I found her story so similar to mine uh, that I was just excited to have her come on and chat. So we're going to talk a little bit about her story and just kind of her professional career where she's at now. And then we're going to talk about actually um, one of the modalities she uses to help work with her patients, which is dry needling, which is something that you may or may not have heard of or had done to yourself before. So welcome, Robbie. Thanks for coming. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah. Okay. So share with me a little bit about your story, just kind of where you started in, in healthcare, where you're at now, how you got there. Tell me a little bit about that. Sure. So um, I graduated as an occupational therapist in 2013 and initially started my career in outpatient pediatrics, actually. And um, I liked it. However, there were some um, things that I discovered in the pediatric realm that weren't working <laughs> well. Um, and it's for time there are, um, you know, children who have some developmental problems and it was just really hard for me to treat them when sometimes they would also come back the following week with almost like declining issues. Like, so instead of improving, they were, you know, declining. So being a new grad, I just felt like it wasn't the place for me. So from there I moved to contract work within Wisconsin. So I did not travel outside of Wisconsin and ended up working in hospital acute care, then also outpatient adults. So in that clinic, your typical clinic that you would go to, and then moved to nursing home, which was not the place for me as an occupational therapist. (laughs) There's a lot of billing um, issues that I didn't really agree with there. So I knew I didn't want to be there. And then I ended up in home health for, for the last about almost seven years. Um, within that time frame, I got my certification as a certified lymphedema therapist, which was fantastic, helped a lot of people with that chronic swelling. Um, I also started working with athletes in different gyms, different cross kettlebell gyms, And I started just bringing my table, figuring out I could really help some people and setting them up. They literally did like 20 minute appointments and I would see people at their gyms after their workouts and really helped them like immediately. So I kind of found my niche um, there. I'm like, this is going really well. So then I started, I'm like, I need a, a place. So I opened up an actual office in West Bend within a naturopathic doctor's um, office space. 
and then was there for two years. And then I started picking up my clientele and doing this more. Here comes 2020 and we have no clue what's happening to our medical system. <laughs> so yeah. is it going to collapse or stay afloat or what's going to happen? So I'm like, I better, you know, ramp up my clients because I don't know what this is going to hold for us. So moving to Kewaskum, which is now where my current office is located, I am doing everything from there at this point. And this summer, pregnant with my third, I decided to quit my mainstream medical job and solely do uh, my own practice at this point. So, and it's good. Yeah, that is such (laughs) such an awesome story. Um, I definitely have been there too, where I went into like every single avenue in the physical therapy world from inpatient to outpatient to, to all of the above. Um, and I think you and I kind of share some of the same, uh, feelings about just how complicated it can be and stressful it can be. So I'm Mm -hmm. just so proud of you. So happy that you found a place to be, to do your work where you can be happy and feel right about doing everything that you're doing. So, yes. Yes, there's, um, yeah, part of the, the big part of the medical system is that there are lots of rules and regulations that from insurance, you know, to billing and what you can't bill for and what the person needs, but you can't bill for that many units of what that person needs. So it's like, you can't really, you can, you can help them a little bit, but then you can't really help them. I mean, And I'm talking about like, you know, a chronically ill patient versus, you know, if you have a surgery, you come out, yes, you can get from your surgery. Obviously that's a different story, but um, yeah, yeah, that was challenging. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I felt like um, I worked with a lot of chronic pain. That's where I I, um, landed the last few years of my uh, career when I was in outpatient and um I felt the same way. Like there was only so much I could do and I knew I could have been doing more, um, but was unable to, because, you know, you're just really constrained to only doing one thing versus the person needing more than that one thing. So, um, that's kind of why I edged away from that too. And I kind of consider myself working in, in prevention now instead of treatment, but you stayed in the treatment field. Um, so let's talk a little bit about, why don't you tell me about the type of patients that you see? Um, and then let's start talking a little bit of dry needling. So maybe give me, you know, one or two like patient scenarios that you've seen recently that came in, what they presented with, um, kind of, you know, what their history was and why you would choose dry needling for them. And then kind of how that helps their, their situation. Absolutely. So either one, you know, one type of patient that I get is your, your athlete, whether it's workout or actually playing a sport, um, several, you know, lots of people injure or, you know, tweak something when they're pulling a deadlift or doing squats, um, you know, barbell lifts, different things like that. They're loading up a barbell with a lot of weight and it maybe was too much or they didn't warm up quite well enough and some something pulls and they're they're out of commission for several weeks so really trying to calm that down so I get those patients and then I also get like people who are just like I get a lot of I swear dental hygienists and hairdressers yes (laughs) 
their upper bodies <laughs> are yes. something else because of how they have to stand and lean over their clients and everything. It is a hot mess in their mm-hmm. shoulders, in their their traps, mid traps, mid back, um, even up into the neck and jawline. So I see a lot of that um, nurses that profession as well. So I I say like, you know, athletes and then your professionals because the wear and tear from whatever that just their job is for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So why don't you tell me about someone maybe that you've treated recently, or maybe you've stopped treating because they don't need it anymore um, and Mm kind of go through how that treatment looked for them. Yeah. So, I mean, for anyone, regardless of what they do um, outside of our the office, I'm really going to be like doing an assessment. Um, I typically look at like the range of motion, what they're limited in, what their complaint is. So if their complaint is their low back, well, okay, I'll certainly be checking their squat. Mm -hmm. Um, How low can they go? You know, do they stop halfway? Is it because of their ankle mobility is an issue? Is it because their hips internally rotate when they need to externally rotate. I go through all of that stuff so I can see what's happening. Based on that, I do a lot of palpating, feeling around, feeling for those tight muscles and figuring out, is it one-sided? Is it both sides? Like, do we need to do some yoga at the end sometimes? (laughs) Like seeing what's really going on. Um, And then I do a lot more feeling around on the body once someone's on the table where I can push down into the muscle bellies. And then I feel for those trigger points. Um, And those trigger points really are like those, I explain it as balled up um, muscle fibers where there is lactic acid and other muscle byproduct byproduct stuck in um, those muscle belly fibers. And so, and that's what those big balls are. Like if you're on a foam roller or using a lacrosse ball or a tennis ball, you're like, Ooh, that's a really good spot. That's probably a trigger point. And it's kind of hard to get at with yourself. So I'm feeling for those. And then I use, I use other techniques. I do use cupping. I do use instrument assisted soft tissue mobilization, also called scraping. Um, that's just the fancy medical term for it. Um, and then I do use my uh, microfilament needles. They are the same as acupuncture needles. They're all the same needles. It's just the way you approach it is different. So I am specifically feeling out for those trigger points or tight bands, the stuff that hurts. And then I am you know, tapping the needle in and pushing it into that specific spot though. And then what that does is it, it releases, um, that, that muscle fiber or belly that's bound up and releases the lactic acid and that other icky byproduct into the muscle belly. So, but it it releases the muscle tension in the end. So, yeah. And that's how it works. Yeah. And how many treatments of of dry needling does a patient of yours typically require? Like, what would you say, how many times do you say you try to get in there? Does it depend? Is it pretty similar? (laughs) Yeah. So it depends. Some people come to me because they injured themselves. They know they did something wrong. They heard a pop. They, they can't stand up after 
lifting, let's say, you know, I have those people. So when we're trying to fix like a specific problem where it's really, really bothersome or painful, I try to see them, you know, I have their initial time and then I try to see them within a week and a half to two weeks to do it again. Mm-hmm. An injury doesn't go away overnight. We all know that, right. but it, it can help resolve it a lot quicker. And then um, maybe see them in another two weeks. So like three close sessions okay. um, is what I typically am recommending to people who are injured. Now, someone who's like, yeah, I feel like I've been really tight for the last year working um, as a nurse, let's say, you know, I'll, I'll work on them and maybe tell them, come back in about three weeks. Let's do it again to make sure you don't get tightened up. And then let's maintain once a month and see how you're doing with that. And then if you want to space it out, we can. Because yeah, and and it's never, I tell people like when it comes to lifestyle, whether it's working out or your profession, your lifestyle is contributing to just being sore. Like you, people need some sort of maintenance, whether it's trying to, whether it's chiropractic care or massage or Mm -hmm. whatever, like our bodies aren't made to just go day by day and not need any help. Like if you go back even into ancient Chinese medicine, thousands and thousands of years ago, like they had this stuff. We, our bodies need it. So, um, I never say come and see me and you'll be fixed forever. Like that's not how I advertise myself, but I know I can make people feel heck of a lot better. And I know there's ways to prove, you know, keeping up with it can prevent you from feeling so terrible again. Sure. Sure. You know? So yeah. that's how I kind of approached that for sure. Yeah. Um, and if someone, say you have someone that you would like to try dry needling with who's never done it before and they're mm-hmm. nervous about it, how do you explain it to them? What do you expect? What do you tell them to expect to like feel and, or, um, you know, just help them understand the process. I mean, I've been dry needled just about everywhere before. Um, Mm -hmm. and so I personally know how it feels, but to explain it to someone who doesn't, or someone who may be nervous, you know, explaining to them, like you said, it's, it's, you know, you're using like the same needles as acupuncturists. It's not like a, a needle that's like for like a vaccination or something like that. Or drawing blood. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. So pretend I'm like someone that's like, oh my gosh, I cannot have you put a needle in me. What would you say to me? I get a lot of those people, believe it or not, yes. I get a lot of those people. Most of them are husbands. And they say, okay, help me, but no needles. And I say, okay, that's fine. Just come on in. But um, I'll ask people if they want to see them. Some people are like, yeah, some people are no. I have very, I mean, they're, they're of varying lengths. They're all. And I tell people, I'm like, this is 0.25 millimeters wide, like zero point. It's about like three hairs put together. That is how thin they are. Like you have to really, really look, you know, so I'm explaining this. I'm like, you have to really look to even see it. Um, And then if some people want to see it, some people don't, um, but there's a short, like a really tiny one that I just tap it into my own. Like, see, this is totally fine. Some people I will start treatment and 
it's great. I'll, you know, I'll use my cupping, I'll use my hands. And then after all that, I will, you know, there will still be the trigger points. And I'm like explaining to them, okay, I've done all of these things. I still, I know that you can feel this. I still push on it. Can I try one needle just on this muscle? And oh, so far, a hundred percent of the time they say yes, because they want it gone. And they, they can feel that the other stuff just doesn't cut it with the real hard spots to do. Um, and the real chronic, chronically tight trigger. I mean, they're there and they've been there for months and months and months, sometimes years. So, so at that point, usually almost, I mean, so far every person is like, yep, that's fine. I know you tried. So, so I do the other stuff first and then give them a little sweet talk and (laughs) all (laughs) game. And then they're thankful afterwards though. That's the thing. They are thankful and they're like, okay, yeah, that was fine. Right. Yeah. I think the word needle scares people but if you call it acupuncture it's not as scary but I can't call it acupuncture because I'm not an acupuncturist and I don't pretend to be right that's a whole different frame of thought and mindset and education so yeah yeah for sure um and I know personally for me um you know, anytime that I've had dry needling done, it's almost like when the needle goes in it's almost like someone's like flicking you you know what I mean like that like Mm -hmm. like just that little tap and then I mean, typically what you're looking for is for, um, that muscle to quiver or shake or whatever. Mm -hmm. So people may feel like their muscle is like twitching basically. Right. I mean, that's the response that you're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, I tell people, I'm like, if I hit a really good spot, I'll get a muscle twitch, which is, you know, when you hit a trigger point dead on, you do get a muscle twitch. It's involuntary. And I just tell them that means I did my job right. I'm like, this sure. is a I did my job right. And I'm going to let it sit here. And I just let it sit in those hard to get at trigger points to continue to let it settle. Um, and I, I mean, you can leave them in from 30 seconds up to 30 minutes. And it just depends on what it felt like, um, the reaction of the muscle and how the person feels. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, I think I love that you are kind of got, have gone off on your own and found a way to help people. Um, you know, part of the reason I started this podcast is to really just help people live healthier lives, happier lives, longer lives, lives that, um, you know, avoid chronic disease, chronic illness, things like that. And to help people understand how much control they actually have over the ability to avoid chronic disease um, and just live a generally healthy life. Um, And I'm definitely not someone who says like, don't ever take medications if your doctor gives them to you or anything like that. I think, um, you know, I think Western medicine definitely has a place in certain situations, but I also truly believe that, especially as Americans, we've become so conditioned to just think there's a magic pill to fix everything. Um, when really that's just not typically the answer, you know, and that's why there are professions like physical therapy and occupational therapy and massage therapists and acupuncturists. And, you know, I could go on and on. Um, but there are so many ways that we could be investing in our health and taking care of ourselves um, that don't require us to um, medicate ourselves specifically. 
Um, and again, I'm not against medications and I think there are definitely a place for them, but I also truly feel like in our, at least in the American culture, we're quicker to hand somebody a medication than we are to say, like you said, like maybe go do some yoga or, you know, do some meditation, or why don't you try drinking more water or, you know, things like that for some of, for some of these common things that we all experience, you know, we all at some point in life have pain, right? Like that's, like you said, it's something that needs maintenance work. Our bodies need maintenance work. And if we just sit and do nothing and do nothing and do nothing until the point where we are chronically in pain versus if we had that little piece of education to tell us to move our bodies a little more, eat the right kind of food, you know, get the right kind of treatment, um, from professionals like you and, and things like that, that, um, I really believe that we all could be just a little bit healthier and living a little bit more comfortably and probably. I agree a hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, a lot of my patients are uh, taking, they're like, yeah, I, I just like live on ibuprofen or they're like, yeah, I've been taking my muscle relaxers from five years ago that I kept in my cabinet, but it didn't help. Or yeah, like the doctor just gives a muscle relaxer because that's the only thing they're not going to do dry needling right there. They don't, they don't right. even know what it is half the time because sure. it's a bill for it. Insurance doesn't always cover me. So, I mean, I've literally had patients that they did not need their hip replacement, but they were diagnosed with hip osteoarthritis. And it was really like some messed up stuff in their pelvis hip and glute area, but they did not need a hip replacement and they did not need to follow up with their orthopedic since, um, you know, people who do not need to live on ibuprofen anymore, people who do not need to take muscle relaxers because the dry needling lacks to the muscle. The muscle relaxer isn't, no one is deficient on muscle relaxers. No one is deficient on Tylenol or ibuprofen. That's not the cause. It's not an ibuprofen deficiency. It's a, nutrient deficiency, electrolyte deficiency. I mean, it could be any of these things, um, just immobility. You do too much of the same movement. We move front to back all day long, who moves side to side and stretches in these other planes of movement, not the average person. So we end up feeling terrible (laughs) after years of doing the same thing. So yeah, yeah, (laughs) some easier stuff. Yes. Western medicine has its place this isn't the place for it. And there's lots of other things you can do to help your body. So you don't need to be on them. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. So tell us where we can find you, like your Instagram website, like wherever, wherever, if someone's listening today and maybe they're in your area or maybe they're not, but they want to reach out to you anyway. Um, throw that out here. I'll also put it in the show notes. So anyone that's listening, you can always go to the show notes um, and take a look there as well. Sure. So I'm on Instagram and Facebook. I have my Instagram is, uh, you can look up at good earth healing. Um, I do have my Facebook business page, good earth healing LLC. Um, so you can look that up. I have many people who just look me up personally, which is Robbie, Robbie with an I and then parent with two R's. Um, so you can just look me up, Robbie Parent, otherwise find my business pages. Um, and you can directly message me there. And then I have like online scheduling, or I'm definitely always willing to um, 
you know, do video chats, voice clips, just texting back and forth to help people figure out where, where they could go if they can't see me or if they should see me or just don't know what to do. So any of those avenues are, are perfect. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here. I'm really glad we finally connected. I feel like we've kind of followed each other for a while, but <laughs> didn't really connect for a while. So, um, yeah, sure. I'm really glad that we connected. Um, and thank you so much for coming on and chatting with me today. Yes. Thanks for reaching out. I totally appreciate it. Yes. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thank you so much for listening. It means a lot to me that you are here. It would be amazing for you to share this episode on social media and tag me in it. Can't wait to be back next time. Talk soon.